This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. I would like to introduce our host for this afternoon's program, John Shottaw, who teaches poetry writing, poetry writing and eco-poetry in the English department here at Berkeley. He's written a book on John Ashbery, Whoa. Um, <laughs> that's some heavy lifting. Um, An opera libretto on Abraham Lincoln. It just goes on and on. And also a book of poems on the Mississippi River Basin, parts of which um, have appeared in The New Yorker and elsewhere. So please welcome this afternoon's host, John Shoptaw. Hello, everybody. Um, it feels like summer, which uh, I'm amazed. So enjoy it before the morning fog and the cool temperatures return when you know it, it really is summer. Uh, so I'm very happy to be here hosting uh, this event, the culmination of uh, this season of Lunch Poems. I want to thank... Um, Lynn Hoginian and Cecil Giscombe and Aaron Shuren for warming up the audience uh, for the student reading today. This is May Student Poetry Month. Uh, you know, poets are the makers. Uh, they're not the destroyers. They're not the ditherers. They're not the transferers of funds and information, although they may be some of those as well. Uh, but in addition, uh, they are the makers, and I'm, I'm really very gratified uh, for uh, a new generation, uh, the rising generation of uh, makers, uh, to, uh, to join the chorus. So thank you all uh, for coming. Um, I think I'll uh, begin. This is when I uh, sit down and pop up and sit down and and pop up, but I'm going to, uh, before I, I uh, take my seat, uh, introduce uh, Noor Al-Samurai, uh, who came to Berkeley from Los Angeles by way of Mesopotamian roots. I love that. that you, you avoid a lot of traffic that way through uh, Mesopotamia. You, you may not know that. Uh, it's, yeah, even beyond the Sacramento Delta is the Mesopotamia Delta. <laughs> uh, in addition to writing poetry, she has taught poetry in elementary, two elementary schoolers, hooray, uh, in South Central and runs weekly poetry workshops on campus through CalSlam. Uh, welcome, Noor Al-Samra. Hi. Um, this poem is called 296 Union Street, San Francisco, California, 94133. In Boston, buildings talk. In San Francisco, buildings perform. Nowhere do buildings need to tell the truth. They move. This one has hips, squared over a hill, a straw hat, 
and blinds, who said you went slipping down a dark green, odd shade, Monterey cypresses pounded into paint and thinned or pruned. When we were first being romantic, Drew said fire escapes were his favorite structures because they were truthful, the heart all in the steel of it exposed. I snuck under a fence in a skirt We wrote a note to a hobo who had nothing but a blanket, book of maps, of islands of the Pacific, a blue view of the bay, three walls, and a roof with no skin. This one has thick skin, gabled and rough. I didn't see straw, hat, or cracks in the sidewalk, just leaking lavender. Doorbells, after thoughts unfolding, and a distant rumble I couldn't place as sea or cars. Thank you. Um, Next, I would like to introduce uh, Brian Bach, uh, who uh, is male, who daydreams more than he admits. That's a paradoxical Pause there. Hope you appreciate it. Uh, oh, and he is a voracious reader. Uh, he loves overcast skies. Uh, they're coming. They're they're returning. Uh, foggy coasts and organic chemistry. You can see the see the link there. Uh, takes takes compliments poorly. I, I've noticed this. Uh, uh, bad poet. Uh, even worse driver. Uh, please welcome uh, Brian Bach. So I'm kind of convinced that one of the best things one can do as an undergrad is to write about grad school. So here's a poem called Metazoology. I know, for instance, that the world would feel the same for the next few years, and even as I climb this spiral staircase to find you, I doubt you'll be here often. I am here just to be here, counting the days while you are finding the world. I might find something spectacular upstairs among the withered skeletons, promising to integrate all of life and all of you and me alone. The museum smells quiet at night. Nobody wants to organize the collections this time of day, nor would they ever need to, lest they, like you, appear to be too much in rapture with the passing of days. Thanks. My only uh, frustration here as a member of the audience is that I want to hear more from everyone reading. And I think, well, that was all? So uh, so, uh, our next reader, uh, Joseph Bush. Where is is Joseph? Well, I know Joseph is here. Is a long time, parentheses, long in the tooth? No. Uh, Experienced. Lunch Poems uh, volunteer and awesome, awesome reader and poet, uh, Joseph Bush. 
Well, after those short but beautiful poems, I'm going to feel particularly self-conscious. Um, but I will make one excuse, um, and that is that this is going to be about Alex Warren. Alex Warren was the librarian for this room. His picture is here on the wall. He was a librarian for decades. And he retired in 2009, and I heard that last fall he passed away from cancer. For Alex, a meditation. After your retirement, I heard from you once, twice, and then for a time, nothing, and then after a time, that you were past all hearing from. Should death ever come as surprise, it is when we are looking off somewhere, distracted, humming a tune. Cells vibrate, captions crawl, programs interrupted. If people mean anything, they mean it most when they are gone, and we are left to contemplate who they were to us. Dear Alex, Gatekeeper of this one special room, Lord and Master of this one rare, quiet space. Perhaps you know by now how, like a library, heaven must be. No food or drink, everyone on their best behavior. I would like to believe the dead no more than we do. You would see how you became my reference and my guide for how I might decide the larger questions which state and country ask of me. Until I met you and you made friends with me, I had no face to put upon the issue of our times, that issue being war between ourselves, a war few ask for, all seem born into, this battlefield, faith, the battle cry, God. If God is, then God's great mercy was to put a son's face upon the suffering of our kind. Yours became mine. To know of someone who, of someone that, to know for sake of argument, someone to know all of someone quite beyond us, for we are always forming, never complete, shape-shifting as our arguments with ourselves and others, which we never finish, never fi are final, but how we cling sometimes, believing for certain, even when the facts change out of fact and into fiction, how we always insist, in spite of ourselves, that we know right from wrong when neither applies. Alex. This nation has forced us behind our curtains to determine state by state your station. Not my choice to trace the genesis of a prejudice, only to acknowledge you as revelation. With you in mind, I could sight across our great divide, could look each faith-based notion straight in the eye, man to man, and testify that I know now knew a gentle soul, generous, 
plain-spoken, for many years faithful to his mate, and suffering for it, as we all must with the idea of faithfulness, of trust. Finding at last and usually late, it is the absolutes which defeat us, good, evil, final solutions. Oh, there might have been a time when I could have tossed up my hands, discarded the, declared the fight, not mine, not worth the bother, the demands. But then, sister, daughter, father, mother, the other became a brother. Student, teacher, neighbor, friend, our borders are porous. The other stole in. This is how America changes. Love is how you claimed us. Love cannot be made of flesh, for love is wholly blameless. Love will have no names to fear. Love is neither straight nor queer. Love will is not a casual choice. Love will speak with human voice. Love will whisper. Love will shout. Love will enter. Love will out. Thank you. Next, I would... uh, And I do like to introduce, not just Wood, but do like to introduce uh, Christian Bustos Torres, who is a graduating senior majoring in English and minoring in creative writing. He has published in the Cal Literature and Arts magazine, CLAM, and his research interests include contemporary American poetry, digital humanities, and book history. He will be pursuing a master's degree at the University of Chicago this fall and will be bringing his long underwear, I trust. Uh, Christian. Hello. It's an an honor to be here. Um, I've been wanting to do lunch poems since, I think since I was a freshman, since I was like this tall as a freshman. This poem's called uh, Davidson Street. It's a street um, from back home. Outside, two loud pops are heard. Probably fireworks. Or maybe gunshots. Who can tell in this neighborhood? Her dog, Ceviche, runs to the screen door, alert, and guards the home from no one. She stands in the kitchen calling to him, flattening dough with a broom handle like dusting for prints, or just from years of labor. Outside, she hears sirens, which start real low, then rise, only to descend again. And the lights coming through the windows go from blue to red to blue. She said them before, but right now, right now she thinks about having to tempt ceviche out from under the couch with a piece of bread. Thank you. Laura Ferris is a graduating senior who studied intellectual history and 
I, I, I love the past tense. You could already think that way now. Who studied intellectual history and poetry at UC Berkeley once upon a time? And who will, this is why, the past is past, who will be attending the Iowa Writers' Workshop this fall. Congratulations and welcome. welcome. I lost my wallet on the train last week, so I don't have my poetic license. Um, I'm going to read this anyway, though. Um, It's the only love poem I've ever written. (laughs) State emergency. Indicate tread, such as daily concrete left right than a storm-filled tree, such as where angels. Don't be afraid explanations of pre-modern state formation. I fed my son the seed rice, sir. Reproduction on level of population, the idea of repetition predicated by the creation of discrete units not before, something about education and ancient inability to predict weather. Universal, the creation of the universal, a blue-faced big animal with a black tongue and an arching back and yellow paws and a red long tail, burden containing the idea of beastliness. Consider the beasts of the field. Here you mean to write a history of the world. Phrases like, State the objective, a right state, the state I'm in, the state of California. Clearly, and the idea of clarity is like a bird without its second red wing. Work, and work diligently as though working for God and not for men. Alacrity. The idea of men and also some sort of difference in status. The introduction of slavery as merciful in times of famine. The reality of status and how it contains the same unit of idea. Stripped of its divine basket, a repeated interior pomegranate. Reality repeated, repeated, idea repeated, reality. Also, you can see that the eye here is black. Heaven has always been a kind of state, the introduction of mind. Statistics are constellations, a static of swans and fragrant trees and several classes of flowers. At some point, the reinvention of the sentence is a unit of thought as though the mind breathes, which it does. Sometimes I even imagine you're breathing beside me again when you'd say, don't worry, we steal from the Egyptians. There's an idea that repetition until death bears some resemblance to eternity, which it does not. There's also the idea that our ideas can be nice and bear repeating. The idea of me reminding myself and a certain sense of propriety stays his. Thank you. The next poet is uh, perhaps an undergraduate uh, poet who, who needs no introduction among undergraduates in the poetry community. That's uh, Andrew David King, who's an undergraduate here in English and philosophy and the editor-in-chief of the Berkeley Poetry Review. He's the recent winner of the Eisner Prize in Poetry, the Academy of American Poets Prize, and the FCS Schiller Prize in Philosophy. Well, thank you. Congratulations, and please welcome uh, Andrew David. I'd like to thank everybody who takes part in the Berkeley Poetry community in any way, whether it's just showing up to a reading or writing yourself. It's really a remarkable biosphere we have here, and I'm continually amazed and made grateful by it. So, thank you. This is called Redactions. Begin again. At Union Valley Reservoir, the storm capped June inside a smoked glass bottle. 
stumped the mountains down to the heights of trees. The trees, tick marks, on account of uprisings, each knot and gnarl some declaration against the land. If you could see, the cloud-clapped bay has auctioned your sun to the stratosphere, the rest it saves on a bed of waves like coals, where each brightness pricks the bowls of your eyes. Say, diamonds, other discoverables. The shirts on the line race to be elsewhere, the rope a tattered mast, sideways, land sunk, remembering itself. And again, I remember the lake, its flattened foil calmed by the ether. I inhaled, inhale. The sun's bowl yanked up and into the desolation of the knowable galaxy. Nothing I thought I owned stuck. Crumbs lent me by birth. The exhalations of the dead flavor our spit. On the windowsill, three years of wishbones pile. Plows retired from their miniature fields. Again, fog smudged the trees back toward zero. In the halfway grayness, a hand still tallied orioles and other things until orange shrunk to a shiver. And everything else, ravens, figurines, bottle caps, wasp nests with hexagons of pitch, the death rasps of lightning-struck trunks as they snapped, sounding more each time like an explanation. Thanks. Evan, Evan Clavin is, uh, is it Clavin or Clavin? Clavon. Oh, not even spelled right here, is it? Clavon is a second-year PhD student in the English department, uh, and I, I really appreciate that you're in graduate school and still writing poetry. Bravo. Uh, some of his poems and translations can be found online at Pacifica Literary Review, Ink Node, Line Break, and Circumference, a journal in translation. Please welcome Kevin Clavaldi. Thank you, John. Thanks also to Giovanni and uh, Bob for inviting me. Um, Mother's Day is coming up, so you can take this as a reminder to tell your mother I love you. Um, it's also thanks to Albert Einstein. It's called Relativity. Uh. <laughs> 7.48 on a Sunday night, call mom, and after how you's weather update, have you yet, well, say hello to, she tells you she had a migraine Monday, only they didn't know it was a migraine. Away at visiting Terry and Sandy's, sitting in the living room, catching up, when a pain like lightning from the back of the skull flat dropped her. From the chair immediately, she said, we have to go to the hospital now, where come to an emergency, whole body shaking by they finally got an IV narcotics drip stuck in. It even then, she's still so nauseous, they had to, gave her something else. 
that of course they thought aneurysm, rushed to, did cat scan, tapped her spine after ruptured blood, but none found, so it was just a migraine then, thankfully, not bad as is, wasn't, you can't imagine, couldn't, not there, no, not called, told, what did, hadn't, happening, while you what, Monday, all week long, were, she could have, for all you knew, was. So that now, arms limp, still holding on the weight after the line gone dead. Again, you've said goodbye, not the love you, thought in silence going on as she must without saying. Yet already you alone face that day coming on as before, like any it could, if well wasn't, will be. Thank you. In uh, just hot off the press uh, biography, I learned that uh, Kayla Crutt is a graduating senior in comparative literature department. And uh, this is her fourth and final uh, appearance before a lunch poem. So please welcome, uh, for the last time, Kayla Crutt. We'll find a way to bring you back. I'm going to read a new poem. So it's, uh, it's three stanzas. It's called Note on Exploding. So, Note on Exploding. What if I blaspheme? I am not interested in the stretch outside of bounds. Since stretches threaten tearings, which is to say not holding, but the door around the corner in the mirror is dark and has a figure's head embedded in its cavity. Except I haven't read enough to talk enough that is in a full way that would bear for every other head here at this table Arguing better on others' behalves, I drop gain, having called inadmissible constructive ethics that spit tired charges into would-be luminal eyes. Any amount of attention will illuminate the dormancies, so thanks in advance for that. And insofar as theme is concerned, thanks for all future postures assenting to Long, brick-blush auburn columns of wood that do blaspheme and collapse illustratively later. Thanks. Lawrence Matthew Naron is an English major at UC Berkeley, for now, I might add. Uh, his poetry has appeared in Suisun Valley Review, The Round, and elsewhere. In June, he will begin graduate school in the MFA program at Pacific University in Forest Grove, Oregon. Uh, please welcome uh, Lawrence or Larry Marin.
Uh, this short poem is in memory of Jack Gilbert. First words. The ones we are not permitted to choose. The, pl- the blazing chorus of rays that fades as it's flung from the virgin mouth that tethers together the horizons with all the plucked strings of the song. The somber procession that wanders from the dawn, begetting the violet choir of starlight in the jaw. How long can we hold on to the flickering, to the ancient rhythm buried in the roar? It's so hard to journey back to the fire, to babble in tongues pulled from the flame, to sing, to hold notes long in the holy language of burning. Thank you. Um, I I think at this point, a a note on poets' uh, biographies is uh, in order. Uh, when, When a poet writes their biography, it's in two sentences. The first is in the present, the second is in the future tense, and the first sentence begins with the poet's name. Uh, except in the next case, which begins with a subordinate clause, uh, which I love. Here we are, raised in and around the central coast of California, Ryan Tucker studies English and rhetoric at UC Berkeley. Please welcome Ryan Tucker. Thanks. Um, Every clause wants to be a subordinate clause at some time or another, right? Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's an honor to be invited and allowed to speak. Um, this poem uh, is mostly spoken to by the end of the first section of Wallace's Six Significant Landscapes, which um, I will remind everybody who obviously already knows. Uh, it ends, um, his beard moves in the wind, The pine tree moves in the wind. Thus water flows over weeds. And I I get this sense, uh, especially at dawn and dusk, that that wind and water become very similar things. Um, This poem is called Christmas Eve at Chevron, 2012. Um, Swaying airs in dawn colors themselves as pale peaches in a bowl, as cheeks in the cold, as petals on a wet black sidewalk, the the homeless drifting into the service station, as quietness of shadows, of stiff seahorses clinging to sea grass, waiting against ashtrays, Filling spaces, visible and separate, as octopuses in bottles. Moving sideways, as clawless crabs, with extruding eyes. Nothing blinks. In water, nothing blinks. At seven in the morning, when the shelter closes, closes gently as a clam spitting, spitting water at low tide. Thank you.
Claire Tuna is a third-year computer science student um, and a reader for the Cal Literature and Arts magazine. Claire Tuna, please welcome. Um, I'm also a creative writing student. I kind of forgot to include that in the email, but I feel like it's important. Um, So this is called Nobody Normal Ever Asks You to Dance. (laughs) Nobody normal ever asks you to dance at a party like this. I excuse myself to show Jillian where the bathroom is, though I've never been, figuring the door will look appropriate, the floor will have white tiles, what we know about bathrooms will lead us there. I watch the newel while she goes, just the kind you'd expect in this shingled house, deep and square, looking like a chess piece. Thank you. (laughs) Allison Yates is a third year, another third year, interdisciplinary studies major, concentrating in medical anthropology, and feminist studies. That's, that's an extraordinary combination. I love it. She is interested in queer disability studies as well as discussions of new materiality and the body. Poetry is an informal passion of uh, Allie's, uh, along with musical composition, cooperative living, and amateur Herbalism or herbalism. Please welcome the Allison Yates. Hi, thanks for having me. This is a portion of a poem that I wrote. Lumen. Noun defined as one, a measure of the total amount of visible light emitted by a source to the central cavity of a hollow tubular structure in an organism or in a cell. Three, the inside space. Morning. My body, one gaze cuts across indigo ink lines, fine artery walls, and clean Cartesian splits to make a nice slice. One impulse for completion slides narratives about thin bitten lips and young afternoons spilling, then shrieking, panged floor pangeas painted over cracks in the kitchen floor. Teenage gesture of deepest grief. Read endorphin peaks. Together with measured numbers spelled in non-existent reflections of muted cells, now alive and electric, coded and in postcard form from my blood to you on a screen. Negative. Clear, clean. Normal. Benign body. Fine body. Blind to the gap between concept and thing so that sickness can be an invisible fleeting object to be sought after, fought and caught, mastered. Lively yet invalid, am I right? At the very least, Name it with some syllables so we can call it over here for Christ's sake. A year passes. Tell it again. Tell it better. A symptom is a deity, so confess to it. Clip to my imminently boring digression slits. Inconsistent, unmarkable, unreal. And really, you're probably just tired. So could I have my skin and bones back? I want them with stretches and smeared borders, unmet corners, Vascularized without erasures, speaking in iambic pentameter, ill-natured, and synchronized with the emergency generator humming outside the Tang Center by the man with the hot dog cart. 
I prefer my insides to resist name because of non-physical movement, to suggest change like that hanging, reaching braid of lith moss, casting a shadow on my moving knuckle slots last weekend in the forest with my brother and 12 leaves and some light. I guess it's deterritorialized simulacrums, somehow still about space and realism and fake wisdom. Pulled apart till it's a plasmic joke, read like a diffusing and remolding text, my body breaks. Unfinished and making, luminal. A body without organs, and I'm feeling pretty all right with that. Feeling fine, thanks. Trying to get comfortable, long stay and long wait in this toxic and holy site. My sick dance with inside space. Thanks. Uh, if you have a moment, uh, before you go, please um, find and thank uh, individually a poet you've heard today. I just, I, I love so many, and I won't have a chance to thank each of them uh, individually, uh, but I'll do my best. And, uh, but for now, and uh, if you can't stay, uh, please uh, thank everyone for uh, coming today and all the fantastic student poets who read for us today. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.